rocking across the USA, helping you to become more alive in every area of your life. That's what we've been doing for the past 22 years, and I am so glad with all the choices you have on a Saturday to do whatever it is that you want to be doing, that you're with us here. David Essel Alive, of course, America's positive radio talk show, broadcasting live on a studio in Los Angeles, California. Our toll-free number, one 800 548 1-800-548-8255. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, we are proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Of course, you're listening to us on XM Satellite Radio 246. And for your friends that could benefit, coming up in a minute, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum is back with us again. We're going to talk about one of the largest addictions in the world that so many people don't even think of as an addiction. One of the largest addictions in the world, it's an addiction to sugar. And there's so many downsides to it. It's not just weight, which we'll talk about with Dr. Teitelbaum. There's so many downsides. And, uh, and we'll talk about the different reactions the sugar has on the brain and why does it excite some people and why does it mellow some people out? Because it does. It's incredible. It's incredible. Anyway, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum um, is going to be with us in a minute or so, and we'll be talking about one of the biggest addictions in the world. It's just incredible. Don't forget to, if you missed this, the archive shows of all of our guests at talkdavid.com. So if you're sitting listening right now and you're going, oh my Lord, my girlfriend, my wife, my husband, my boyfriend, my best friend, I know they struggle with sugar. Let them know that the show is happening now and if they can't make it, that they can listen to the wisdom of Dr. Teitelbaum anytime they want through the archive at talkdavid.com. Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, we have had him on forever. I can remember in the 90s, Having him on with um, with the work he was doing back then and fatigue, by the way, his uh, his website is endfatigue.com and his most recent book, Real Cause, Real Cure, the nine root causes of the most common health problems and how to solve them is the book that you could benefit from. It's like one of those reference manuals. You know, you have it, you pick it up, you read it, you go, oh, yeah, okay, that's what's going on with that. Well, he's the man, Dr. Teitelbaum. Welcome back to the show. David, always great to be with you. Yes, aloha. And a big aloha back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Our Hawaiian island guest, it's always so good. So when we think of, of substance addictions, Dr. Teitelbaum, and we think of sugar, where do you think that that ranks? Is it above alcohol? Is it the biggest addiction in the United States of America? Do you have any idea where it might lie? Well, it certainly is the most common addiction. Uh, the most average common. American is getting 150 pounds of sugar per year dumped into their food by the biggest drug dealers called the food processors in the United States. And so it's the most common one. It's In terms of difficulty getting off, it probably ranks you know, certainly down below heroin and cigarettes. Um, and probably about on par with alcohol. So, yeah, go ahead. But the good thing is that, like most, most addictions, and I, I think a wonderful thing for people to be getting today is if you know what is driving the addiction, you can make the addiction go away. And that's really the bottom line. Whether you're dealing with sugar, whether you're dealing with crack, whether you're dealing with heroin, you know, our current approach to treating addictions is horrible. It does not mm. work. Mm-hmm. And there's a much better way. Do you know, you, you know, on average, the, the, if you went to a, an L.A. facility, a, a recovery center, mm-hmm. 
and you spent and, and I know of several that are around sixty to seventy thousand dollars a month, ladies and gentlemen. Sixty to seventy thousand dollars a month. Or if you went to one that cost you six thousand dollars for the month, that the success rate is about the same. It's about ten percent, Dr. Teitelbaum. Ten percent. People will go into a thirty day treatment center for whether it's food, alcohol, you name it. And the, those who stay clean for 12 months, it's about 10%. Isn't that incredible? David, the success rate is not the same. The places that charge more money are much more. I mean, oh, you mean for the person, not the company owning it. Oh, yeah. No, so, no, 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 the, the person. The person. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, yeah, it's, cost has nothing to do with effectiveness in medicine. Um, right. Well, it is nice. There's some places that can spend more time with people. And, yes. um, but most of the places that sit there and try to disempower the person, Instead mm-hmm. of empowering them, that teach them shame and teach them that they're weak. Instead of teaching right. them, here's how to make yourself stronger. Here's how to get the support and ask for help you need. Here's how to get rid of the cause that's driving the addiction, whether it's the emotional pain, whether it's anxiety, depression, whether it's shame, whether it's a physical pain. You know, and, and that's what determines the success rate, right. is whether you're getting to the root cause, just like anything else in medicine. But again, we focus on profits. And again, cost has nothing to do with effectiveness. Uh, with, with, with sugar, w- would you agree or, or not, Dr. Teitelbaum, that the main cause of sugar addiction would have to be an emotional cause? It's a big thing. We use it as a way to treat anxiety and depression. We use it as a way to treat no. fatigue. Uh, those are some of the very common day-to-day beginning things that drive it. We use it as a reward. You know, back in childhood, you're a good boy, right. a good girl, you got a treat. And to a degree, that's okay. Uh, again, we're not looking to get rid of all the sugar. Um, but when you're putting, when you get that 48-ounce Big Burp soda from the local Quickie Mart, that's 36 <laughs> spoons of sugar that you're pouring down your throat. And that suddenly changes the whole game. Right. Let's talk about the negative side effects of a sugar addiction outside of weight gain. Okay, so we know weight gain is one. What are some of the other negative side effects for a sugar addiction? Well, let's look at it on two levels. One, the emotional level. It causes incredible mood shifts. It causes anxiety and depression, as we had mentioned. It causes hyperactivity. It causes difficulty with focusing and mental uh, cognitive awareness. So emotionally, it leaves people a train wreck. And on a physical component, diabetes is predominantly caused by sugar. Uh, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancers, autoimmune diseases, all of these and many more are to a large degree sugar-driven. And, and listen, gang, you know, I keep going back to our archives. You're going to have to re-listen to this. One of the things Dr. Teitelbaum is exceptional at is giving amazing number of facts during every interview I've done with him over the past 15 years. You're going to want to slow this down and go back and listen again because he gives us so much great information, just like all the negative side effects. Now, Dr. Teitelbaum, answer me this, Riddler. How does sugar with one person calm them down, and for another person, rev them up. How does it have two totally different effects on different people? It depends on the metabolism, but a big part of that, there's many pieces to that, but a lot of it has to do with insulin. Our body makes insulin as a key when you take sugar. It goes into the bloodstream. The insulin opens the doors to let the sugar into the cells to be burnt as fuel. And as long as that's happening, when you take the sugar, you'll get more energy. Um, but after a while, there's so much sugar that the body says, like, lock the doors. We're not letting it in. Yeah. And then we get what's called insulin resistance, and the cells starve. So when that happens, you're going to see the difference between getting energy and losing energy. But also, when we first take sugar, 
we go ahead and get a lot more of what's called serotonin. That's a happiness molecule. Uh, yes. It actually selectively gets tryptophan into the brain to make serotonin, blah, blah, blah. But after a while, the same thing happens with that, where the body shuts the doors. And then when you eat more sugar, where you're used to getting a boost and, you know, you, you, know, you had a really hard day at work and you go to the bar and they say, bartender, give me a pint. And he rolls the Ben and Jerry's down the counter to you, you know. <laughs> and in the beginning, that would help. But after a while, when you overdo the sugar, you actually become resistant to it, and then it causes more depression. So you'll see differing effects depending on what stage metabolically each person is in. We're talking with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author of the book, uh, and it is a reference book that you should have on your shelves, A Real Cause, Real Cure, The Nine Root Causes of the Most Common Health Problems and How to Solve Them. The website, endfatigue.com, E-N-D, endfatigue.com. Um, we're going to be coming back with Dr. Teitelbaum in just a minute. We're going to go more into this whole concept of, of sugar addiction and Exactly what the heck do we do to heal it? What steps do we take in order to remove the sugar from our life? Are there supplements? Now, there's some amino acids that people claim that have great effect on helping people to move away from the sugar addiction. We'll get all that information from Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum and more. And again, his website, endfatigue.com. For more information on all that we do here every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, Check out talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David.com. So much more to come. Stay right there. Like the ceiling can hold up. Here we go back. This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up. Like the ceiling can hold us. Like the ceiling can hold us. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. 22 years on the air and counting. David Essel Live, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to tune in and hang out and, and get inspired with the amazing guests that we have with us. 1-800-548-8255, XM Satellite Radio 246, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. My guest, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, uh, author of several best-selling books, including Real Cause, Real Cure, The Nine Root Causes of the Most Common Health Problems and How to Solve Them. Today, we're talking about sugar addiction. Dr. Teitelbaum, um, how does someone know that they actually have a sugar addiction and then they're just not enjoying sugar? Guys, by the time you're asking if you have an addiction, regardless of what you're asking about, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there, is there, is there a number of grams per day that is considered healthy? Is there such a thing? No, no. I mean, it. What I encourage people to do is to use it for enjoyment. And as long as it's working, you know, the question I'll ask people is, how is it working out for you? And if things are doing fine, I tell people, keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's when there's a problem and things aren't working. And it's not that sugar is bad. It's just the amount. So I'll tell people avoid sugar, but I'll add the three magic words, except for chocolate. So chocolate's a health food. And pleasure is good. So I have a sweet tooth myself, but I'm going to mm-hmm. use stevia. Uh, if I want some sodas, there's a Zevia, a whole line of Zevia sweetened sodas that taste great. Um, if I want ice cream, I'm going to get the sugar-free ice cream. Uh, not because the sugar is bad, but because having been off it, I realize how bad I feel if I have large amounts. So yes. small amounts I'm not worried about. And once you've been off it and you see how you feel without it, you won't need me telling you to cut it back. Your body will be telling you. <laughs> the withdrawal symptoms for someone that is really over-consuming sugar, what would they be? 
fantastic. I mean, I, I would tell people when I would take them off of sugar, because my focus has been treating chronic pain, chronic fatigue syndrome, and I would take people off the sugar, and I'd say, you know, if I see you coming at your headlights coming at me in the parking lot for the next seven days, I am running for cover because irritability, <laughs> shakiness, the whole thing. But those are optional. Uh, the thing is, and this is such a big deal for addictions in general, if you get rid of what is driving the addiction, right? it, it, it just takes three days for your body's chemistry to adjust. Um, and it's not so bad then. So there's four main things that drive sugar addiction. Uh, for other drugs, you know, in alcohol, you're going to see people are self-medicating for pain, They're, whether it's physical or emotional. There's a host of different things. So um, for the sugar, there's four main things. Type 1 sugar addicts, they're tired. And they're getting an energy fix. And over time, the sugar becomes an energy loan shark. Uh, the other people, type 2, people who have uh, exhaustion of their adrenal stress handler gland. And they get this irritability when hungry. They get this, feed me now or I will kill you when they're hungry. Right. And you'll see them in divorce lawyers' waiting rooms and marriage counselors because they're sweet people, but when they're hungry, their claws come out. It's as if they're suffocating. And it's, it's like getting between a mama bear and her cub if you're between mm. that person and the Twinkie. So, you know, so it's that irritability when you're hungry. Uh, type 3 is candida, which if you have sinusitis, spasticolin, or gas bloating, diarrhea, constipation, that's candida. And the candida eats sugar, and they put out a chemical that says feed me. And then type 4, people around uh, menopause and menopause, both low estrogen and low testosterone. Right. Now, the uh, the supplements, amino acids, et cetera, that would be beneficial in helping someone to cut the cravings, get off of it, what would they be? Well, it goes beyond just the amino acids. You want to give people good overall nutritional support. That means high-dose B vitamins and magnesium. Those are the two critical things for most addiction and withdrawal issues. Um, but you also want all of the amino acids and all of the minerals and all of the vitamins. So instead of taking handfuls of pills, what I tell my folks to do is there's a vitamin powder. It's called the Energy Revitalization System. You can get it at NFT, but you can get it in any health food store. Easy to find. It's, you just put a scoop in a glass of water. I add uh, another nutrient called ribose, which our recent study showed increased energy 61% after three weeks on average. I, wow. I add water, and that simple healthy energy drink will give virtually all the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, cofactors that you need all in one drink, and it gives you real healthy energy. And most people within a month are going to find that their energy is skyrocketing. And then they won't have to be reaching for you know, the 48-ounce big burp when they're tired. Right. Now, is there a, a limit in the time of the day with the energy revitalization drink that you'd say probably don't no. take it after? No. No? No, no, because really? we're so used to energy being stimulants in the West. Right, But right. this is not a stimulant. This just gives your wow. body healthy energy. And one reason people get insomnia at night is they don't have the energy for the sleep center to work properly. Yes. So in the study, we looked at sleep wow. also, and sleep improved with the ribose as that energy, brain fog, um, cognition, overall functioning, and pain went down. So all of those things when you give energy to the body will improve. So there's a difference between healthy energy and yep. stimulant lone shark energy. Now, now I take, and I, I mentioned this last time you've been on, you know, I've been taking your energy revitalization since the 90s. And a question that I had, and I had no idea. You know, I used to always, Dr. Teitelbaum, this is funny. I used to say to myself, okay, if it's after 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock at the latest, I can't take this, this drink. Now that I know that I can, that's awesome. My next question is, because it is filled with B vitamins and they are water-soluble, can we take that more than once a day or is that not advisable? 
Oh, absolutely. Some people prefer to split it up. You can take half a scoop twice a day, a third of a scoop three times a day. But frankly, I just take my scoop in the morning. I don't want to be taking stuff all day. Right, so right, right, right. I, my, I put in the scoop in the morning or, or a little under a scoop, and I put in the ribose, add water. 30 seconds later, I'm good to go all day. Yeah. Okay, now you said chocolate is acceptable. There's got to be the dark chocolate would be better than the, well, the milk chocolate? I mean, any chocolate is okay, and any chocolate is healthy. If you look at the studies on heart disease, where they use all kinds of chocolate, uh, the chocolate is more than three times as effective as cholesterol-lowering medications in preventing heart disease. Nice, so, nice. You know, and I'd much rather eat the chocolate, frankly, than take those medications, <laughs> which I think are nasty. So yeah. the, but overall, the darker the chocolate, the less the sugar, the more the antioxidants. So dark chocolate, sure, even better yet. Uh, but I would go for what tastes the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, that's not normally what you hear from a doctor, is it, Dr. T? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to tell you right off, David, life is supposed to be fun. Things are supposed to feel good. And mm. if you sit there and cut out everything you enjoy in life so you can live to be 120 years old, why bother? <laughs> I love it. Hey, and chocolate it, it releases endorphins at some level as well, doesn't it? Well, it, it does a lot of good things, and there's so many different things. I, it's, it's a great health food. Now, David, can yeah. I mention one other quick thing before we wrap up? I just yes. want, it's really important. If you know somebody out there who has addiction issues, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pills, whether it's whatever, people really need to know. Some, the 12-step programs work for some folks, but right. they're really disempowering in some ways, and many people have this, uh, ain't going to go to rehab, you know, kind of a thing. But if yeah. you know somebody with that problem, uh, Dr. Benoist, or uh, I call him doctor because he knows more than most doctors, but uh, Francois Benoist, uh, he is brilliant. And that's the reason I invited you to have him on the show. Because when it comes to treating addictions, I'm I, doing the pain management. I see so much of it. And I go to the right. rehab centers and I want to scream and grab him by the neck and say, what are you doing to these people? But mm-hmm. I went because I went to check out his center. Brilliant. They do mm. not put shame. They, they empower people. It's not an issue of the alcohol. It's an issue of what's the problem in your life and what are you anesthetizing with it. So right. for folks who have a problem, stay tuned. You're going to have yes. hear somebody wonderful. Dr. T, it's always good to have you back. Uh, Dr. Teitelbaum's website, endfatigue.com, endfatigue.com. We will look forward to doing it again in the future, Dr. T. Always a pleasure. Aloha, David. Okay, aloha. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we, we are going to go. We're, in the next 30 minutes, we've got all kinds of stuff we're going to cover. We're going to, Dr. Or Dr. Francois, Dr. Teitelbaum just mentioned, we are going to have him on in the future. There was all kinds of things that we needed to get from Francois to do our best job with the interview. We will have him on in the future. And I will tell you, you'll be getting tons of information via our website of when that's going to be because Dr. T is right. As a matter of fact, when I come back from the break, I'm going to explain how right Dr. T is in regards to recovery what works, what doesn't. TalkDavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Here to help you take the right move in life. Risk. Oh, my God. Risk for love, right? Risk it all. Put it on the line. 
Like, no more playing it safe. Just put it out there. Oh, my. You know, that's what – how many times have we talked to different people? Dr. Pearl, who was just on earlier, you know, about, like, let's not wait anymore to get in shape, to, to, to risk for love, to change what we're doing in our careers. Let's not wait. Let's not wait. 1-800-548-8255. Hey, if you want to talk right now, if there's something on your mind, I am going to talk a little bit for a moment. We've, we've got a very interesting – several emails I might get your feedback on. Um, Dr. Teitelbaum talked about this whole concept of um, many addiction recovery programs that uh, are actually beating people's self-esteem up. And and I want to tell you that what he said was true. It's very, very true. We And I couldn't find it right now, but we got an email in, and it said um, the guy was asking this question about is it possible to ever, ever fully recover from a disease like alcoholism, an addiction like alcoholism? And I'm going to say something right now that traditional 12-step people are going to be pissed off at me saying. They're going to be pissed off, whatever. I think 12-step is great. It's a great foundation. It teaches us wonderful things about emotions and reactions and triggers and all that kind of stuff, right? But there's some huge updates that need to happen, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not telling anyone, don't go to 12-step. I mean, as a matter of fact, the clients that I work with, I tell them that's going to be part of what you're going to do. So so don't misconstrue what I'm going to say, please. The 12-steppers out there, don't go, oh, my God, I can't believe he's not one of us and whatever. Well, I'm not. I think that there's no such thing as one path for most of us to ever recover. There's different things that can help us all, but there's very few people. I mean, even 12-step, I've never heard of anyone create a statistic more than 10% of people that go to 12-step recover, just like recovery programs in general, you know? But here's the fact. Here's the fact, and you may not want to hear it. The answer is this. Yes, you can fully recover from alcoholism for life, from cocaine addiction for life, from heroin for life, from spending, sex addiction, any addiction world you can be 100% recovered from. And if you want to call and talk, 1-800-548-8255. I'd be more than happy to discuss this with you. The programs that are out there today say that that's not true. They disagree with me. They say that when you sit down in a meeting, you introduce yourself and you say, hi, I'm George and I'm an alcoholic. And I say, BS, nonsense, crap. You know what? If you drank the night before and you are in a program, I would say, yeah, you're an alcoholic. You're, you're, in a, you're supposed to be in a program of not drinking, sobriety, recovering, you're drinking. So, yes, go ahead. Call yourself an alcoholic. Okay, I'm fine. But if you're going and you have a system and you have a plan and you have a program and you're not drinking and you're working it seven days a week to be in touch with your emotions – to be in touch with your resentments, to be releasing them and dealing with emotions and and resentments in a healthy way, you can claim that you are fully recovered. And I sit here today saying I am fully recovered. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict anymore. Was I in the past? Yes. So what? What am I going to do? I'm going to carry that anchor with me, and now I'm going to go into a meeting, and even though I haven't touched anything in years, I'm going to say, hi, I'm David, and I'm an alcoholic or an addict. What nonsense. What Do you know what that does to one's self-esteem? It beats the hell out of us. It makes us feel that we're not worthy of being called clean. You cannot be clean and call yourself an alcoholic and think you're going to feel good about yourself. You're beating yourself up every freaking day. So, you know, as a matter of fact, yesterday I worked with a, a woman, wonderful woman, and she says, do you want me to keep going to 12-step meetings? I said, hell yes, keep going. However, how are you introducing yourself? 
She said, well, I'm so-and-so and I'm alcoholic. I go, well, we're throwing that right the hell out the door right now because it's not true. When was the last time you drank? Three months ago. Bingo! You're not an alcoholic. Now, if she wasn't doing all the intense work she's doing, I would say, well, you know what? Maybe you still are because you can be, you can have alcoholic addict tendencies. They call it what? You know what they call it? Like people before they fall off, before they fall off the wagon, they have all the tendencies of an alcoholic, right? Dry drunk. They have all the tendencies. They're self-centered. They're impatient. They're irritable. They, they might as well, some of them should might as well just go back to drinking. Swear to God. They're probably nicer people when they're drinking. And I say that in a joking way, but you know what I'm saying. They're dry drunk. So they're not working the program. So they're still alcoholic tendencies, addiction tendencies, because they're not doing anything. But for the rest of you who might be listening or who have friends that are working your tail off and you're doing your spiritual work and your physical work and your nutrition work and your exercise work and your emotional work, You do not have to call yourself an alcoholic, an addict, a codependent, a gambler, a sex addict, a whatever. You do not have to call yourself that anymore because as you do, you're beating the hell out of your self-esteem. And what sense does that make? 1-800-548-8255. And I know because I have friends and acquaintances that love 12-step and they look at me like that is wrong. And I say, I'm sorry you disagree, but remember this. The 12 Steps was created in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. It has not been updated in regards to these crucial things we know about self-talk. Self-talk. Boosting self-esteem through self-talk or ripping your self-esteem down via self-talk. You can go either direction. And when we're calling ourselves something that we are not that has negative overtones... We are doing nothing but beating the hell out of ourselves. 1-800-548-8255. If you have friends in recovery and you say, oh, my gosh, they need to hear what David is saying right now to free their hearts and souls and to feel better about themselves, tell them to listen to our archive at talkdavid.com. At about 10 o'clock tonight, Nathan will have everything up on the archive. You can go and listen and get your fill of what I just said. And you don't have to agree. But you know what? If you don't agree with me now... Maybe you will next life. You know, maybe maybe in your next life you'll come back and listen to these archives because I ain't going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to live forever, I think. And you can listen to these archives then in your next life and go, holy crap, the guy was on to something. And I'm not saying it to be condescending to 12 steps because, as I said, and I want you to listen to this, you know, I have a YouTube videos on 12 step. And I get all these nasty emails from people that say, well, who the hell do you think you are? That's not right because 12 step says this and 12 step. And they're hateful. They're hateful email. Isn't that a trip? They're hateful email. And I say, oh, my Lord, I send people to 12 step which I say in all my YouTube videos, just like I'm saying right here. I send my clients to 12 step, but I teach them how to go to the meetings in a healthy way. Dr. Teitelbaum was referring to this before the break. We share with them what to say, what not to say, what to buy into, what not to buy into so that they can boost their self-esteem and recovery and not feel like crap. All of this is going to be tonight on the show, archived at talkdavid.com. Check it out. Okay. Hey, um, here is something. There's a wedding coming up. Let me read the particulars, and then we're going to go to break, and we come back. If you want to call us, 800-548-8255. I'd love your feedback. My, ba- my daughter, 22, is getting married this summer, and I want to bring my boyfriend of one year, who I am fully in love with and committed to. My daughter thinks it's disrespectful to her father, my former husband, as he is not dating anyone. 
We've been divorced five years and feel we must move on. I'm very hurt, disappointed, not sure what to do. Should I risk upsetting her and take my boyfriend to the wedding or myself be hurt and go alone? It seems like a no-win situation. What is it that you would do? What, think about this. Her daughter is saying, don't bring the 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. The daughter is saying, I don't want you bringing your boyfriend of a year who you're fully committed to in love with and all that kind of stuff because dad's going to be here alone. They've been divorced five years, but the daughter is saying no. Would you listen to your daughter and leave the boyfriend at home? It's her big day. It might be the only time that she's married. Would you want to wreck her day? Would you want to piss her off and bring a boyfriend when she's told you not to? Is that the right move? Or do you say, you know what? We're all adults. She'll get over it. And I'm going to bring this guy I'm in love with. I've been with him for a year, fully committed to, and I want to bring him. What would you do? 1-800-548-8255. Would you bring him? Would you not bring him? Would you suck it up and go, you know what? It is my daughter's day. I'm just going to allow her to shine, and this is what she wants and doesn't want, and I'm just going to follow through. Or would you say, oh, my Lord, we've been divorced five years. My husband's not dating. That's not my issue. I want to bring someone that I'm fully committed to. What would you do in that circumstance? Would you bring the boyfriend? Or would you say, I want to respect my daughter's wishes? 1-800-548-8255. These are the type of things that maybe it'll blow over, right? If she brought the boyfriend, maybe it would blow over. And her daughter might be upset for a little while and then all of a sudden forget about it. Or it could create this huge separation in the daughter-mother relationship. What would you recommend this woman do? 1-800-548-8255. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Hear it with solutions to life's challenges. Right after these messages, we come back with much more. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Ah, yeah. Don't you need her badly? David Essel in the box, 1-800-548-8255. Gotta love that song, huh? Uh-huh. 800-548-8255, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. So the, the question, as a matter of fact, we've got several callers we're going to get to in just a second, about a daughter, 22, going to get married, does not want her mom to bring her boyfriend of a year because her dad, divorced, of course, from mom, doesn't have a girlfriend, and she doesn't think it's respectful. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Larry, you're on with David Essel. Hey, David. Uh, how you doing today? Hey, good, Larry. What, what's your thoughts on this question? What would you do? What oh, would you no, recommend? David, I mean, I, I think it's an easy one, really, because, uh, I mean, the daughter have no experience in, um, on what went on between she and her dad. So, I mean, I don't think it's a place, but equally so, uh, I would think the mom, too, need to draw the line. You know, either this one or two things she can do. She can either choose not to go to, to the to the place at all, you know, and, you know, stay with, a, with her boyfriend, you know, because if she go there with him, he will feel bad and he will feel like something's going on behind his back, you know, between the mom, the daughter, and the, 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 the father. So this will be my advice to her. Go there, go to the party, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, not the party, but go to the, the wedding. The wedding. And uh, right after the, the wedding, the reception, because, you know, like you said, it's one in a lifetime. Go there and after she marry and maybe hold hands and everything and leave the after party. Just leave right after the wedding and, you know, go by your business oh. and then go to the after party because 
if you go to the after party, that's where you know every you know everybody gets together and get connected and get you know losing up a little bit, drinking all that. Yeah, so I, I suggest that you don't go to there. Very interesting. So your response is saying, okay. So you agree with the daughter and say, okay, I won't bring my boyfriend, but I'm going to go to the wedding, but I'm not going to go to the reception afterwards, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, because yeah, because she by 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 telling the mom, you know, by Jordan, it's her wedding. She gets to you know, it's her sure. day, like you said earlier. So yep. I said, mom, you have to support your daughter, and also you have to respect her, not really for the dad, but you know, respect her decision and just go there, and then you have to show that you know. Although I respect you, but I'm independent of you. Although you're my daughter, you're 22. I'm older than you, so you know right. I'm not going to, you know, do fully what you want me to do. And and that would be my point. I would see where all the callers have to say, Dave. Thank you. For yeah, hey, call. Larry. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Do you agree with Larry? Do you think that that's the way to do it? Is have the 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 mom just go to the wedding and leave? Uh, so the boyfriend doesn't feel totally left out of a pretty damn big event. The boyfriend's not going to be able to go to the wedding with her. 1-800-548-8255. What would you do if you were the mom? What would you do? Go, not go? Let's go from uh, Pennsylvania to Georgia. Samantha, you're on with David Essel. Hi. Hey, Samantha. What, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm I'm just kind of torn, but this is, this is a tough situation, and I think... Um, you know, possibly since Father's Day is tomorrow, this strikes the chord because maybe the daughter is feeling some sort of loyalty to her father and right. she is respecting maybe that he might have his feelings hurt or there might be a tinge of jealousy, even though the divorce has been five years, you said? Yes. Yes. So I, I really think, too, a lot of this is going to stem on how serious the mom and the boyfriend you know if this is like going to be a marriage eventually for the for the mother and the boyfriend then you know the daughter needs to really she needs to take another look at, at where her motives are coming from is she being selfish is you know and then yes it's all about her it's her day but this is this is like a lifelong implant that's gonna you know i i think there's definitely maybe a breakdown in communication between everyone here what do you yeah, think? The, well, the, 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 the mom said that she's been with the boyfriend for 12 months. She's fully in love with and committed to. So it seems like a pretty serious relationship from the mom's perspective. So, so let me, so here's a thought. And what Larry said was interesting, you know, like mom go to the wedding, but just don't go to the reception. And another thought I had, Samantha, was this. What if you ask the girl, if said, uh, you know, her, her daughter, okay, I'll tell you what, I won't bring Mark, my boyfriend, to the wedding. But I would like to invite him to the reception. Hmm. And then we have a compromise on both sides. What do you think about that? Well, I think if all parties agree, then that's a win-win. But, you mm -hmm. know, it's, I just feel like I really feel strongly that if, if they are really seriously committed, um, that he should attend. But I, I do, uh, I don't know. It's now tough so because, torn. listen... I know the, 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 the daughter is saying no way, you know, and so then if the mom forces, does the, the Taurus bull rush <laughs> into, <laughs> into, the we into the wedding with the boyfriend, is that that could totally damage, possibly even destroy the relationship she has with her daughter. But she does not go into any detail at all about what her relationship with her daughter is before this issue came up. Um, huh. But you know what? 
Samantha, you know what my guess, my, my, my best bet would be, it would be to say to the mom, and I know the mom's listening right now because we got this in not too long ago, is to say this. Approach the daughter with a compromise and say, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to work with you on this. And I totally understand that for whatever reason you think I'm disrespecting dad by bringing the boyfriend to the wedding. And so I won't. I would like to ask your permission to bring him to the reception and see what she says. Hmm. Well, being a female and having been married a few times before, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, whether he's at the reception or at the actual ceremony, he's still going to be present. It's still going it, yeah. to, if the daughter is feeling this strongly about it, then I don't know. I, this is just a really baffling situation yeah, here. Tough. I feel for the mother and the daughter. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen, Samantha. Amen to that. Hey, listen, I want to thank you so much for giving us a call today and I hope you have an awesome night. Thank you. And thank you for what you do for everyone in the world that listens to you. You are welcome. Have a great time. Thank you. Bye. You bet. Let's go to South Carolina. John from Samantha and Georgia to John in South Carolina. You're on with David Essel. How are you doing today, David? Hey, John, good. What's your thoughts? Are you, are you calling regarding the topic here? Yeah, yeah, sure am. Uh, I was just listening to the uh, lady before uh, about making it, and my thought is that it, she's making it way too complicated. Uh, these are supposed to be mature adults. The daughter's getting married. She's, uh, you know, young at 22. Right. Uh, if, it's, if it's a serious relationship, uh, that the mother has with the boyfriend, then they should be mature enough to say it's her day. The boyfriend should have enough confidence in their relationship to let the mom go. That's, you know what? I think that that brings a valid point, John. I think to say if it is her day, it is her day. She's 22. Uh, she'll grow and learn in time and that mom just attends. And, you know, one of the one of the keys here would be to say mom sucks it up. Right, John? has a place in this wedding as well as the reception uh both parents do uh receiving lines and greeting all the friends lifelong friends that they've had right she's had growing up and she needs to be there so going to one and not the other i don't think is an option and if the boyfriend's not secure enough to say hey go have a good time take some pictures uh you know we'll resolve this as she gets uh, older and uh, more solid in her marriage yeah. Then maybe the mom needs to reevaluate that relationship. Okay, and you know what, John? I want to thank you so much for the call. We're going to run. Have an awesome day. Really quickly, Jeff, New Mexico, you're on with David Essel. Go, Jeff. Hey, uh, my opinion is I would ask the father what he thought. Would he mind if he comes in and attends the wedding or not? I mean, you know, he may not even care. Otter might just be thinking out loud for him. Yeah, and that could be. That could be. The only thing that I, you know, Jeff, I like the idea. The only thing I'm thinking now is it going to make it even more complicated. Are we bringing in, you know, do you know what I'm saying, Jeff? Yeah, but I mean, that would be yeah. that would be my, you know, my suggestion. Say, take the daughter and go to the father and say, hey, you know, does, does he mind? Because he may not care. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Wouldn't that be? You you know what? That's a valid point. The daughter could be projecting her beliefs on how dad's going to feel, and maybe dad goes, "What are you talking about? Tell her to bring her boyfriend, right?" Yeah, you know, uh, hey, it's been five years. I'm a big boy. I know. I can, I can take it. I so hope so. I so hope that he would have that attitude. Jeff, thank you so much for the call. 
Hey, listen, don't forget, all of the shows are archived. All the shows are archived. TalkDavid.com. Let your friends know every interview, every topic is all archived. Hundreds of shows at TalkDavid.com. Check it all out. Gang, I'm going to miss you for seven straight days. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. Till next week.